0: Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Suns show.
1: Good morning and welcome to a morning after edition of the Suns Solar Panel. Everyone's probably feeling super great. The Suns won on Friday night. The Suns have a two games to one lead in their playoff series against the New Orleans Pelicans. That one game uh, that the Suns lost in game two has been erased from memories, totally wiped away. No one is stressing over it. No one's worried about it. No one's thinking the Suns are in trouble. I'm sure the new odds are going to come out this morning and have the Suns as the title favorites once again. I am joined this morning. This is Dave King, and I am joined on the Sun Solar panel with, of course, all of you wonderful Flaming Ballers. But I've also got a couple of guests on here. First one I'm going to introduce is a uh, regular on here uh, is, is Jake Bronger, Coach Fallen Founder. How you doing, man?
0: Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. You're right. Uh, we're we're going to, yeah, sons and four moving forward on every, <laughs> on every series. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> All right. And I also want to introduce all of you recognize this guy. He is the face of Suns positivity and also just realness and also inside information. He's the face basically of a lot of Suns aspects, all good. Flex from Jersey, how's it going, my man?
2: Going good, brother. Good morning, my brothers. Thanks for having me. What's up, coach? Nice, nice to get on with you, brother.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. We are excited to be here. I, I love to see everybody in the chat that's already here, even in the first few minutes. We usually take a few minutes to ramp up. People don't. People uh, have a delay, I, I suppose. Uh, but we we are going to go through four quarters of fun in this episode. First thing we're going to do is catch you up. So make sure you all know where we are, what has gone on, what has happened this week. And then we're going to talk about the Devin Booker injury. We're going to get some updates on that, talk about what the Suns can do without Devin Booker and how long we think he'll be out Then we're going to go around the league and talk about the other playoff series, the other first round playoff series and predict what might happen in the next week or so with those series Um, and then get you set up for uh, games four plus for the Suns. So that's that's our four quarters of fun this morning. And I'd like to start out, first of all, just recapping our week. Last time you guys were here on a live YouTube show, I was in here. We were we were predicting what was going to happen in the next week or so. And um, most of us got it. I don't know. I mean, two to one, Suns being up two to one in the series is probably just about right. Uh, but how they actually did it was completely unpredictable. The Suns won game one, 110 to 99. They got out rebounded by 20 in that game, out offensive rebounded by 20 in that game, but they still won because Chris Paul scored 19 points in the fourth quarter, 17 in the first six minutes. And uh, the The Pelicans had no answer at that point. When he was done with his spree, the Suns were up 18 and the fourth quarter was a breeze. Then game two comes around and all of a sudden the New Orleans Pelicans decide that they are going to start making every single contested shot and the Suns have decided they're going to stop making every wide open shot. It was weird. It was a really weird game. And then on Friday night, the Suns responded back in New Orleans uh in new orleans the sun still couldn't make any open shots the pelicans still made all their contested shots until the final four minutes or so and this but the suns won because they brought back the effort the wear down mentality they fought through all of their bad play and made it all happen so that's the that's the recap suns are up two to one now i want to hear from jake and flex what are your reactions to the games this week what are your biggest takeaways uh jake we'll start with you
0: yeah. So, I mean, uh, if I'm being honest, you know, it, it felt like we had two losses uh, this week because when when Booker went down and, and it was another hamstring injury, um, I mean, you know, those are things you can't come back from because if you try and or come back from quickly, because if you rush it, you risk re-injury and making it, you know, a lot worse. So w- when that happened and then on top of that, we lost all of a sudden. I mean, it was uh, there was a few podcasts out there that were uh, kind of trying to help the fans put their uh, feelings back together again. So, getting this win uh last night, it was gritty. It was it was, you know, for the last two games, I feel like we've been taking those mid-range shots. Chris Paul's been shooting them, Crowder hitting the 3, Bridges trying to get the 3 and in the regular season we were hitting them all. Man. And all of a sudden, we just started missing a few in a row and it felt like an avalanche was coming again. And uh and the, I just got to say that's why I'm so happy we have Chris Paul because this game At some point, he just was able to reverse that trend right back because right when it seemed like we were going to try and just get it into DA again, get him going again that second half last night, it just wasn't working. They were double-teaming him. They were knocking the ball away. Paul said, okay, I'm going to go put a few buckets in and we're going to take control of this game again. It was a game of uh, swings with that, and uh, it felt so good to be uh, kind of in control of it again with last night's win.
1: What do you think, Flex? What's your biggest takeaways?
0: Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to go
2: through game one to game three, um, and I'll try to be as short as I can. Listen, game game one was Phoenix Suns basketball. Uh, for my money, that was the best defensive half of basketball I've ever seen yep. from a Phoenix Suns basketball team. And so I know who they are, you know. Um, so watching that first half of game one kind of showed me a lot of what I need to see about this Phoenix Suns basketball team in this series. And, and again, that's not, has nothing to do with Devin Booker. Um, The defensive effort and the principles and the way they play, um, it's not isolated to just Devin Booker. So when I saw that and we got through game one, I was feeling good. I honestly feel like game two was an aberration. I just feel like everything, it was a snowball effect. Uh, Obviously losing Booker was big, but I never subscribed to the fact that we lost that game because Booker got hurt. We were down three when Booker got hurt, and we weren't playing well up until that point. So the, the the idea that, oh, my God, we lost Devin Booker and now things have changed. Well, no, we're booking the game, we weren't playing well in game two. So um, I think it was defensive principles. I think the big part of game two that was very agitating that a lot of people don't bring up is um, there was a lot of Olay defense to start that third quarter, and there's a reason for that. The mm-hmm. reason for that is Chris Paul and Devin Booker both had three fouls. And so they weren't playing defense and being aggressive because they couldn't. And obviously you had that guy That's Scott Foster point. on the coin. You, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when I look at that, I look at a bunch of things that probably won't happen again, not to mention the 56% shooting in from the field and 54 from three or vice versa. Um, Brandon Ingram having the best game of his career. Uh, you know, all that, all that stuff plus mm. the emotion of not knowing – I think the the, the coaching staff and the bench got a little shell-shocked when when the book injury happened because I think everybody's looking at each other like, oh, my God, what's going on here? So a a combination of things, a complete aberration. I threw that one in the garbage. I flushed it. And then game three, (laughs) I'll be honest with you guys, I never felt the desperation of game three. Um, I kept telling people, guys, it's just game three. If the Phoenix Suns win game three, we're going to be up 2-1. No one's going to think this series is over. And so you have to have that same mentality. Had the Pelicans won last night, I'd be doing the show with you saying, hey, tough loss, disappointing because it's Saturday, and I like when the Suns win, but I don't think the series is over. We'll just come back on Sunday, get a dub because this is how this team is, and they'll probably pull this out in in five or six, I mean, in in six games. So um, not as desperate as everyone else. And the last thing I'll say is I am absolutely not as worried as people are about the Devin Booker injury. Um, and maybe that's because I've. Ooh, hold uh, that for a second. Segment two. Go we got to make
1: people wait okay. on this.
2: Okay. Okay. A little okay. bit. <laughs> but, but, yes. Yeah, so, so again, w- without saying that, I'm just saying going into game three, I didn't feel as desperate. The guys got it done. Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, Mikel's a defensive player of the year. Monty's a coach of the year. And Cam is a six man finalist. And when you put all that together, that's a pretty damn good basketball team with or without Devin Book.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to make a, we have a super chat question. Uh, Jam, thank you so much for the donation to the show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, So his super chat super chat question is did coach Monty, that's a typo there Did coach Monty make an error in letting the team basically take a month off after clinching the top seat. Are we seeing the effects of taking a month off with an, an underperforming team in these first three games? Flex, you had a reaction there.
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I listen. I, I think Monty played it the way ninety-nine percent of most coaches in that situation will play it. So it's it's easy to be Monday morning quarterback and see the shooting percentages and see how the guys are playing and say, "Oh, that might be a mistake." And I don't necessarily disagree with the question. It's a fair question, but. I, I just don't think so, man. I, I just think this is this is basketball, and it's a roller coaster. And sometimes shots go in, and sometimes don't. And when they go in, it's contagious. And when they don't go in, it's contagious. So it's one of those things that you have to live through as a basketball team. But um, I tell you what: for the people that are worried, if you watch this team and you know basketball, the law the, the law of averages find a way to play out. So wouldn't be surprised if the Suns go out there and hit thirty threes tomorrow. I mean, they just do. So if they're winning games. While still having these struggles, I feel good about it. Um, Four three pointers, and you win a basketball, a playoff basketball game, and you hit four three pointers in the road. Yeah, that's 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 a positive thing in 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 my book.
0: Uh, What do you think, Jake? Yeah, you know, I think it uh, depends a little bit on the player. I'd like to see a little bit more out of uh, campaign, uh, a little bit more uh, urgency from Cam Johnson, a little bit. But you know, going into the playoffs a coach was playing them significant minutes you know it yeah. was more get get chris paul some rest because i mean he he we, we can't expect him to try and go 48 minutes hard sprint you know uh like the bucks are going to have to have giannis do cuz middleton's out now um you know you have to find a way to make uh, somebody like chris paul um you know still peak uh, with the minutes that he's getting. And so, and so, so he can be that floor general. So uh, no, I I think it's the players we want a little bit more from like a Jay Crowder and those guys, you know, Jay, Jay sat for a game, but we've, we've known Jay. He's always been a bit streaky from the three point line and, Man, I love how crafty he is because he finds a way to contribute each game. And, and uh, I don't know what he said. And uh, what I like about Jay is, unlike somebody like a Pat Bev who will get in your face and you can clearly see he's trying to upset you, Jay usually seems to be on the receiving end. So I don't know if he just kind of says something aside hey, and it upsets somebody else. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, <laughs> D- Jackson Hayes going through like he was, uh, you know, a- a- his old man in uh, the NFL trying to just lay out a full on, you know, a block oh, down the God. sideline. I mean, like. I was like, "What you know, Pelicans fans?" This is what happened. What did you think would happen? The skinny
1: kid. Somebody, uh, my uh, my father in law made a comment, or no, my mother in law made a comment. uh, uh, That Justin Hayes looks like Ish Wainwright's son, (laughs) who's only sixteen. Still, he's got the same hair, but he's got no body weight at all because he hasn't grown into his body yet. (laughs) Um, Hey. So let's let me uh, share some stats here. Now, these are these are these are some things that I don't see continuing. Uh, the first first one I want to bring up. Oh, and I got to do my my little my little jingle. Sun <laughs> shooters not named Devin Booker in games two and three have shot 10 for 50 on three pointers. 10 for 50. That's 20% on threes. Uh, do you see that continuing, Flex? Nope. <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> no way in the world. Because I, I I believe in basketball. I believe in this basketball team. And I, I mean, I played basketball my whole life and I consider myself a shooter. Not a not a great one, but I'm a, I consider myself a shooter. And I know when I had those games and, and nothing went in, man, you just shoot, man. You just gotta keep shooting and keep shooting. These are the best in the world. The 15th guy on that bench is a, was a superstar in high school and a superstar in college. They know how to make shots, and that's what got them in the league. So um, I say just keep shooting them. The more they miss, man, I'm like, guys, these guys are due, and I'm telling you, I think it could come Sunday. So, yeah, again, I, I'm really not worried. Again, if they lost the game, there'd be a whole different story. But the fact that they can win a game while shooting these percentages is absolutely impressive to me. So I feel good, man. I feel good about where we're at. Don't think it'll continue.
1: What about you, Jake? Do you think continue? We're going to continue to hit twenty percent on threes.
0: No, but uh, I would feel <laughs> a little bit better if uh, DA is not our most locked down three point shooter. That's for sure. Uh, da
1: has Da has <laughs> more three DA, baby. than Tory Craig, Cam Payne, uh, uh, Landry Shamit, all put together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that won't continue. Oh,
1: and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, who's 0 for 14 on threes. Those four guys have fewer three-pointers
2: together than DA's two. Hey, can, can I ask both of y'all a question just so yeah. we can piggyback on this? <clears throat> if you take those stats, those very stats you read, Dave, and I asked you before the series, I said these are what the stats are going to be going into game four. Yeah. Would, would you not tell me the Suns are down 0-3?
1: I'd say they'd be down one two. That's for okay. sure. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right? So, right. so I mean, perspective, right? I
0: mean right,
1: perspective. So I got one more stat I want to show y'all. I want to I want to share it
0: with you. Stat me. Double tap me, Dave. Double stat. Double tapped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the Suns have had 35 or fewer rebounds in each game that seems like the Suns are a bad rebounding team. We all think the Suns are a bad rebounding team. They only play one big man. They play three wings and they play Chris Paul. Um, Yet, yet, the Suns actually this season have out-rebounded their opponent 55% of the time, 45 out of 82 games. Um, They they average 45 and a half rebounds a game. In this series, they're grabbing 35. So that's another one. Where Da is not the problem. He's grabbing 11.7 per game. The center is not the problem. In game one, it was a little bit the problem because the center uh, was—they were actually auto. We were—they were switching everything, and uh, Da was away from the rim while Jonas was sitting under there gobbling up everything. The Suns have corrected that a little bit, but they're still not getting the rebounding from their wings. When the Suns lose the rebounding battle, they're barely above 500. They're 21 and 16 this year. When they win the rebounding battle, forty-three and two. So I have a question for you guys: Are the Suns going to win the rebounding battle in any of these games? And does it matter? We'll go with you, Flex first.
2: No, they're not. I said this. I said this. Bef- I said this on the ninety-eight point seven post-game show with John Bloom in Game One. The Suns will lose the rebounding battle in every game they win this series. Um, and that's just a fact. That's the, rea- that's the reality of the structure of this type of series. Um, with that, I'll say the Suns have, haven't been a great rebounding team all year, but they compete, and they don't have to win the rebound battle. They just got to keep it close. Um, the difference here is that this is, this is a perfect matchup in regards to that uh, discussion we're having. There aren't too many teams in the NBA that are going to have the personnel to play the way that the Pelicans are playing the Suns right now. I mean, how many teams in the West are going to line up two legit seven-foot centers in their starting lineup? And so you you got to deal with that. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and it looks Mm -hmm. like it's something that's jumping out off the page, and it looks like I keep hearing people saying rebound and rebound and rebounding, but it's a product of the matchups, and it's a product of this team and and the playoff series. But once this series is over— I think we go back to a little bit more normality and there will be games where the Suns will win the rebounding battle or will keep it close versus other teams. Cause those other teams don't have the length, the size, the athleticism and the personnel to do what the Pelicans are doing. And so that's just what I, I just feel like it's a matchup thing. Nothing more, nothing less.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, to build off that, uh, will we win uh, the rebounding battle? No. Does it matter a little bit? It matters to the Pelicans cause that's how they're going to try and stay in games. I mean that they got to, Yeah, I always mess up saying Jonas's last name, so I just call him the big Lithuanian guy, and that's—I mean, he he parks his butt right down underneath the basket, and and Da tries to keep him back. And I think what I saw last night uh, that seemed different in Game Two was the wings—they're—they're coming down. Jay Mikkel, those guys they're not grabbing the rebound, but they're making Jonas's job a lot harder in handling that ball. And you mm. see them kind of like when DA is driving towards the hoop and uh, a little guard comes in gives him a little uh, tap on the wrist. And sometimes he fumbles it and it drives us nuts. You, you know, you want him to just squeeze the, squeeze the ball hard, but um, it was, it was kind of the reverse for uh, Jonas as he's trying to get there, or tap it in and you have all these guys jumping up and just, they keep tapping the ball back. And then finally DA usually comes down with it. So the, they might not be able to, you know, Mikel's not going to be able to move Jonas or Jackson Hayes around very much, but if they can keep them from handling the ball, um, then DA is going to get some more opportunities. And I think that's what we saw is the wings are kind of coming in to just seal off and, and break up that uh, rebound. So DA can get full control over it.
1: Uh, Sawbucks uh, po- posted a question that I want us to cover because I hear this at least once a week. Um, and it's a, it's, it's an understandable <laughs> comment. The Sun's only weakness is that they don't have a real power forward. And I've answered this question so many times, and Sawbucks is on our show every time. So I'm not using the right words here. Uh, you guys know my opinion, uh, but I want to hear Jake and Flex's opinion. Do the Suns have a weakness in not having a real power forward? Jake, you go first this time.
0: Um, a little bit, but it's not. It's it's overblown. You know, I I hear some of the Suns fans talk about, uh, let's get some Biombo minutes in at the four. And don't get me wrong, guys, I love the Biombo story. But I don't want to see him out there, uh, you know, to me, Biombo's a little bit like, uh, you know, the backup quarterback on your favorite football team. He can do no wrong uh, except for when he actually has to play and then he could get exposed a lot more in the playoffs. So I, I like Biombo more at the five if we have to play him.
1: I like I don't it. Like- uh, the d- guy can do no wrong unless he has to play. Is that what you just said?
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, like the backup quarterback situation is that's you like think, neat. oh, maybe we should give him some run, and then finally, when he gets to go out there and play, you're like, okay, so he wasn't ready, but he will be in the future. You know, um, you know, th- there's just a lot of love for him, and like I said, I love I love that story, but uh, that's not going to be our strength. I I, I will say this because I did read a uh, uh, Dwayne Rankin had a great article about it in the uh, Arizona Republic uh, about Dario's uh, recovery and that he's actually throwing down a couple of dunks and his teammates are loving watching him getting up and down the court sprinting again. Uh, very unlikely. He says he's expecting not to play at all in these playoffs, but he said, yeah. you know, if something shakes out, maybe that uh, something could happen. And I and I think we're seeing that um, having a Dario type player, uh, a bigger uh, four that can maneuver a little bit more, that we're missing that in this series. But do we need that in this series? No. Do we need it in this playoffs? No. Um, But it does kind of show that Dario had an important role last year of coming in off the bench and being that strong physical four uh, that, you know, you didn't have to rely on him to necessarily play the center position.
1: Uh, Okay, just real quick. P-Dog is asking, is Dario coming back real soon? Before Flex, you jump in, I just want to share. Dario was only trying to be positive. It's like most of these guys who are injured, uh, Jamal Murray for one. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe down the road, maybe I could. Dario literally said, "Look, if three centers get hurt, and I'm feeling really good, maybe I'll try to play. I mean, that's like that's like the outside of optimism. That's on the on the. I, I don't think Dario's coming back this year. He shouldn't come back when, until he's totally healthy. <clears throat> he was just he's just feeling good about the fact that he actually feels like a basketball player again. But he's not ready to play heavy playoff minutes. Uh, however." if the dunson's do suddenly lose all their centers um he might limp around out there like willis reed
0: so and then the other
1: thing is he's not a four in this in this scheme uh, until unless you want a different coach in a different scheme you're not going to get dario playing four you're not going to get bismack playing the four much unless it's a break glass in case of emergency uh they just don't play a big four they just don't because it messes up their entire offensive scheme uh flex Your comments on whether uh, the Suns really their weakness is not having a real
2: power forward. No, I mean, you know, we we've seen this team play this way the whole year. And so this is just the way they play. Is it nice to have a shiny, bright power forward that can rebound, block shots and get post buckets in a vacuum? Yeah. But does it change the way the Phoenix Suns operate and the whole way that they run their offense and, and the way that they play basketball? Of course it will so you you can't i mean you you got to go with what you got this is what got you here we got 64 wins we're the best team in basketball we've been you know we just came off a finals run doing it this way so you don't even reinvent the wheel um i i think i think this is the way we play and again yes it, in a vacuum as a coach i'd say yeah everybody wants to have a power forward their rebounds but um this is not the way this team is, is built and constructed. So I don't think that all of a sudden, because you lose one game in round one, it becomes a glaring weakness. I mean, I've never seen a team. I mean, the Pelicans were still the Pelicans that we saw on Sunday. I, with somehow, some way, within 48 hours, they became the Durant Warriors. <laughs> but but the reality is, I know what I'm watching, and I'm watching a basketball team that was the same team on Sunday that we played yesterday. In between, they had a pretty good game. But I'm I don't think you reinvent the wheel. And then one last thing, I uh, because I'm gonna go back to what we said about the two centers, uh Pelicans playing Jackson Hayes and and, and Valentin. I see people saying, well, Memphis has two. Well, Memphis only has two if they get through Golden State. So I'm not worried about Memphis, okay? And if Memphis does get through Golden State, I'll take those two semons all day. I'll, I'll, I'll start the parade, okay? That's number one. And then number two, if you're going to say the Bucks, hey, listen, let's wear, let us let the Bucks get through the East before I start worrying about uh, the Bucs again. So in, in my eyes, I don't see a team that we're going to run into, lo- logically, that we can run into that's going to be able to play the personnel that the Pelicans play. And so, no, I don't think the rebounding is much of a problem, and I don't think we need a a four right now. All right. Okay. Uh, Let's –
1: I think the folks in the chat are are basically saying everything, a lot of the things that we're saying, in that the Suns just need some shots to fall, and we're going to stop worrying about these little things like, should they get a couple more rebounds in the game? I agree with you guys that the Suns are not going to win the rebounding battle against a Pelicans team with Willie Green as their coach, the Suns' former lead assistant. He knows – there's a tiny window of possibility to beat the Suns, and that tiny window is kill them on rebounds. Don't just beat them, but kill them on rebounds. Get all your second shots so when you miss, you get you still score in every possession. And then get out and run, and run in transition and um, have Brandon Ingram make every clutch shot. That's their tiny window. It worked once in game two. It's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work much. And they've only did it because the Suns are shooting 10 from 50 from three if you're not Devin Booker the last two games. So now, so Devin Booker is out. We are going to transition into the Devin Booker segment. I want to start off this segment, though, uh, with a soundbite. Um, sorry, I'm going to use my voice and we're not, we don't have audio, but it's a, it's a Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors has a podcast. Yeah, active player with a podcast. He's one of the few. I think CJ McCollum might have one too. Um, he's got a podcast where he just talks about what's going on every week. He, he announced his own comeback from his back injury and all that stuff. And, and he actually um, he, he's, he's a smart guy, but he's also incredibly uh, myopic about how, how great his team is and, and nobody else is. Um, when Devin Booker pulled his hamstring and left in game two after that, Draymond Green did a pod, and he said, that's a big loss for Phoenix. That loss gives New Orleans the two best players on the court, which is hard to overcome. And then he added, no disrespect to Chris Paul. (laughs) Thank you, Draymond. So this was before Chris Paul scored 19 fourth quarter points for the second game in three games and single-handedly beat the Pelicans without his, his running buddy. No disrespect to Chris Paul. Flex, what do you think of this?
2: I appreciate you, Dre. Thank you. I mean, that's that's exactly <laughs> what we needed. You don't want to piss off the point guy, right? So go ahead. Keep saying. Do another one tonight, Dre, and say that Monty's a terrible coach along the way and say that uh, I'm sorry, but Mikael Bridges isn't that good defensively. Do all that stuff because this team feeds off that. So I think it's silly um to even insinuate that. Um it's it's you're talking about a first battle hall of fame and maybe the greatest point guard to ever do it pound for pound. (laughs) And 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 this guy all time. Top seventy five of all time. Like like Dre. I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. But um you know, Dre, is a, he's a very thoughtful dude. I will say this. He doesn't say things. He's playing chess a lot of times. He's, he's pretty smart. Uh-huh. And and he'll say things um, because he knows he's trying to get a reaction or he's, he knows he's got the Valley and Valley boys right down his alley and they're coming. So, you know, he's uh, he's probably rooting for the Pelicans, actually, uh, because, you know, obviously he doesn't want to face that. But. I think it's comical. It's cool. It's good for TV. It's good for podcasts, good for ratings and stuff. But um, it's not good for for the other team when Draymond says that. Jose Alvarado is probably not happy about Draymond Green's comment right now.
1: Yeah, I like how the Aussie (laughs) Suns fans, guys. They call him Jose Avocado.
2: <laughs> Jose Avocado, shout out to Jose. I mean, he's from out here, man. He's he, kid, grew up in out, out uh, he in New has York been
1: balling.
2: Yes, he, he has made nine yes, he straight
1: has. points for the Pelicans to give them the lead every single time. <clears throat> yes, he has in the fourth quarter of that game. And that it, dude is small.
2: Kid, kid is small, he's pesky. He's a New York kid. Um, you know, I'm out, I'm out here, so I follow my guys. He's going to play for the Puerto Rican national team. Um, he's just a tough kid, tough as nails. So, respect to Jose Alvarado, man. He carried that team, uh, yesterday in Spurts. So, but, uh, yeah, I stick with Chris Paul. I go, I go with the point guy. All
1: right. Uh, Jake, uh, do you agree with Draymond Green that, uh, the Pels now have the two best players on the court?
0: Well, uh, Brandon Ingram and CJ McCullum are very good players. And, and I think if we were Suns fans after that decade of, uh, dismalness um and we did not have last year's playoff run uh we, if if this was if our sons team was the pelicans team this year we would be very excited about him a lot of youth a lot of guys just playing their guts out uh jose avocado uh i mean like that that kind of story um uh herb jones uh playing great defense um you know and uh, uh is it troy murphy uh, looks like a, a fantastic shooter um but you know yeah no it, it <laughs> two best players on the court. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, they are very good, but I mean, you know, th- this is Draymond, you know, th- there's, in my mind, there's Mikel Bridges, Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert. I mean, Draymond's a great defender, but you know, uh, no disrespect to him, but I'd put about 20 guys ahead of him on defense, too. So, you know, no disrespect to Draymond. But no disrespect it's just, to Draymond. You know, I'd take Giannis. I'd take Gobert. I'd take, uh, <laughs> I'd take Devin Booker now. So, I mean, uh, Herb Jones Weren't they or, saying
1: Andrew Wiggins was a <laughs> lockdown defender? Yeah, Is he better than Draymond on, man. on that team? <laughs> <Come> on, <man.
2: laughs> and, and you know what's something they forgot? You know what's something that Dre forgot in that comment? I mean, he's thinking Ingram and CJ, and he's thinking Chris Paul. I don't know who his – a parent, second son's guy would be in that argument. But whoever it is, if it was DeAndre Ayton, he was the best player on the court last night. So 28 it, points,
1: 17 rebounds, <clears> three <throat> steals, a block, an assist. Yeah. Uh, D.A. was freaking incredible in that game on Friday night when the Suns needed it. Humble rumble, says DeAndre Ayton, all-star, all-NBA. Um, look, he played. He He brought playoff D.A. Yeah. showed up. Let's not even talk about, well, we will a little bit later talk about, um, the center in Minnesota, how he's showing up in the playoffs, but that's in our third segment. Let's, let's, let's hold off on that. But playoff DA is here and he is incredible. Okay. Let's take just a second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round of action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA this week. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and you get $150 in free bets instantly. You win, no matter what. Do parlays, too. Same-game parlays are option. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, So now let's move on to Devin Booker. Everyone's been waiting. We've got 84 people live right now in our chat um, watching to hear a status. Devin Booker, I just want to first of all flex before you drop your bomb. I want to, first of all, tell you the history of Devin Booker with hamstring injuries. Devin Booker has had a few of them in his career. He's been out five other times with hamstring injuries in, his, in the last uh, four years. December of 2021, he missed 18 days, seven games. January of 2021, almost a year prior. January 2021, he missed eight days, four games. February of 2019, six days, two games. December of 2018, 13 days, six games. And October of 2018, nine days, three games. So, on average, he misses a a little under two weeks. His longest outage was 18 days in December 2021, and they purposely said they were holding him out extra long just to make sure he was 100%. Um, He's missed... um, Two, three, four, six, and seven games. He's basically a two weeks out kind of guy on a hamstring pull. Now, having said that, the Suns um, would be it would be around day eleven uh, as the earliest that round two can start. So, um, assuming the Suns get through the Pelicans, assuming um, you know the Suns are ready to start that next series, flex. Tell us how
2: Devin Booker's feeling
1: and what's the likelihood he'll be back for round 2.
2: All right, man. I'm going to try to do this the best way I can, Dave, cuz you know you know my situation here, right? So here's the first thing I'm going to say. Um I, I I've been on this with 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 my camp, my contacts, my sources from from very jump and and I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and what I know. Okay? Um I'm I'm feeling great about the Devin Booker situation. He dodged a bullet. Okay, this could have been a lot worse. That's the first thing we'll jump on, okay? Um, Secondly is he's got a grade one hamstring strain, okay? And uh, I'm telling you, I was told initially 10 to 14 days, okay? The two to three weeks thing, never, never (laughs) – Never was told. That's a to standard.
1: Me. That's like if you go to yeah, a web. somebody MD. Google something. Right. If you go to web.
0: <laughs>
2: right. Somebody Google something. No, no one that I've talking to that I trust within my sources, my contacts, and within those camps have ever said anything about two to three weeks. Uh, it was initially ten to fourteen days. That's number one. Number two is uh, Devin's already feeling better. So Devin, Devin's getting treatment around the clock. He's got his. His his camp, he's got his crew working on him, people coming in from best in the country, doing what they got to do. And uh, I'm going to make this very clear. Y'all can take this how y'all want this. Uh, The Suns have not ruled Devin Booker out for tomorrow. Okay. Wow. The Suns have not ruled him out for tomorrow. Now, he won't play tomorrow. And you take what I'm saying however you want to take it, okay? But Devin Booker will not be playing tomorrow. They have not ruled him out, but he won't play tomorrow. But if they had lost yesterday, yeah. we'd have a whole different situation, Yeah. okay? So yeah. I'm going to tell you that Devin Booker is currently more day-to-day than he is weeks away, okay? And that's a great thing. Now, the, the perspective from the Suns are, and Devin Booker is, how, <clears throat> how long can this team hold down the fort to make sure that this isn't something that lingers later? That's the perspective. I don't think the concern is, at this point, uh, can Devin Booker get back and be effective? I think he can. And I'll leave you with this last nugget. Some people might know this. Some people may not know this. I've been trying to say it on Twitter, and there are people that don't want to believe it. Devin Booker had a grade one hamstring strain after game two of the NBA finals against the Milwaukee the Bucks. The same level. The same level. I know for a fact, Okay. This is is not a rumor. He had treatment around the clock and played game three, game four, game five, and game six, scored 40 points twice with that injury, then went to the Olympics and won a gold medal, okay? So understand this man has had this injury. He knows how to deal with it. He knows how to play with it. He seems to be a quick healer. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Devin, God bless him. Some people are. Uh, he seems to be able to heal from these things So I'm I'm going to say everybody get off the ledge with the Devin Booker thing The Phoenix Suns did him a tremendous favor last night by winning this basketball game Now you can kind of keep him in the hotel room and lock the door Because Devin is a competitor And if the Suns need him, that kid is going to have to be restrained To not play in a basketball game that the Suns need him in And you got to keep him from himself But I'm, I'm confident in Devin Booker and the Suns are going to do the right thing and uh, they'll be okay. So I am not worried about the Devin Booker thing and stop reading Google and, you know, Google and WebMD. It's, it's just not cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. So let's talk about then the, the likely scenarios. Let's talk for a couple of minutes. Likely scenarios. Suns are up two games to one. They have one more game in New Orleans. If they win on Sunday, let's say if they win on Sunday, they're up 3-1 coming back to Phoenix for game five. Uh, does Devin Booker play game five? No. Right? Because no. they're up 3-1. But if they get no. to game six?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I my my feelings, and again, I I, I got to tiptoe around this thing. So mm-hmm. my feelings are that if the Suns are put in a spot where they're behind in this series, uh, Devin Booker likely will play. But as long as they're tied or up. Um, I don't think it's worth the risk. So I, you guys make of that how you will. Sure. You know what I mean? But if they're tied or they're up, I don't think you see Devin Booker. But if there's any chance that the Suns go behind and things can get really tricky, uh, we'll see Devin
0: Booker, I think. Flex, you you have to tiptoe around this, but I'm just going to say, boom, flex bomb. Fallen <laughs> founder says Devin Booker's already improved and on his way back. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start the rumor mill there, but Appreciate that was uh, uh, a. I feel you. the I feel the shrapnel uh, with the bomb you dropped. That's <laughs> great news. I, I figured it, you know, because every time we kept dude, that's
1: about glitter. This, that's not shrapnel it's <laughs> a good bomb
0: that's right it's a good bomb yeah it's a flex bomb <laughs> flexed on it uh but no uh, I mean all those injuries you were talking about you know you're reading through some of those dates how long he was out and those weren't really playoff runs um right. and so you know obviously uh, you know grade one I would expect uh him to try and come back sooner if needed um if we were going to go back to Phoenix down uh you know uh one to three then I would even I, you know, and I don't have of sources, but I mean, like, I was just thinking, I, I, I think Devin might give it a shot and 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 see how he goes. But yeah, that's why winning last right. night was so important because it's just, yeah. you know, if we don't need him, great, he'll be hundred percent ideally for the next series, then um, or very close to it. Let's go forward with that. Yeah, man,
1: I have, I feel. Ex- we'll talk about this in in the last segment, but um, how I feel about Game Four. Um, all I'm going to say right now is I say Devin Booker comes back for game one of, of series two. And that's mm-hmm. that's perfect for me, um, yeah. because that's how I feel about how the rest of this series is going to go. Um, OK, let's talk about rotation. So let's assume Devin Booker doesn't play the rest of the time against the Pelicans because the Suns don't have to have Devin Booker to win these games. These guys have sta- got to start playing better outside of of, 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 of Chris Paul. DeAndre Aiden, Mikkel Bridges, and JaVale McGee. Those are the only four players who are playing pretty well. Yeah. Cam Johnson is eh, on the cusp of playing well. He's shot over 50% from the field. Good, Really good for him. He just hasn't taken over as a scorer, and, um, and we need that kind of thing. On Game 3, in Game 3, we had Chris Paul and Mikkel each played 40 minutes. Mikkel, speaking of guys who heal quickly, Jesus Christ, he could lose <laughs> an eye in a game. He would just pop
2: it back in and come back in before the timeout's over. I thought he was doing that at the free throw line with like 10, you saw that right?
0: yesterday? With like yeah. just, I thought it was something, something it. serious that he pops up and he goes, I'm like, oh, contact. On, <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, oh, he's, okay, he's got like in. an ankle or something. Okay, good. Oh, man. The
1: dude is a superhero. Uh, they both played 40 minutes. CP will play 40 when he needs to because obviously he's CP. Mikel will play 40 in his sleep. But then after that, I mean, you've got after those top and after D.A. as well, um, played a lot of minutes. You got Landry Schammett got 29 minutes and Cam Johnson got 26 minutes. How do you guys think that's going to go in game four? Do you see Schammett getting as much play? Cam Johnson playing more? Is anybody else coming in? What do you got? Nobody else played more than 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, Flex, what do you think uh, in game four we're going to see?
2: i think you're gonna see a lot of what we just saw um except i i like landry starting i do um i, I think landry brings a different dynamic um and i like campaign i'm cam johnson off the bench with campaign so i think uh I, I would i would keep it that way i think monty did a tremendous job of of seeing or reading the room and then dealing with cam johnson's foul trouble and, and getting uh landry um, and I also think, guys, at what we talked about earlier, um, shots are gonna fall. Uh, I, I feel really good about this game four mm-hmm. because I think you, you're probably they're probably sitting in a meeting right now, having having a walk through or some type of practice. And they're they're telling telling those guys, they're saying, hey, guys, listen, you know, this game wasn't as close as people want to make it out to be. I mean, it was an eight-point game, and then he started having the crazy three-pointers and foul game, and he got down to three, and then this guy hit a last-second three. But that game wasn't as close as it looked once we uh, got to the bottom two minutes. So I think the Suns are looking like, and they're saying, listen, we just need to go out there, roll out the same thing we did, same type of game plan, hit some shots, and we walk out of here with a 15-, 20-point win. Um, it's that simple. Make some shots. So uh I, I like that I like what they're doing. I think they stick to the same rotation. Um, maybe Bismarck a couple minutes here or there, but uh, I think the Suns kind of figured some things out uh with, with some of their switches and some of their defensive uh positioning as far as what the Pelicans were doing. And that's mm. the group, that's the beauty of having Chris Paul, right? The more games mm. you play, the more he dissects, the more stuff that starts to lock into this great Hall of Fame basketball, this Savant. And once he figures these little things out, you can't hit the un- you can't hit the rewind button. You once he Correct. sees something and he digests it, it's it's a problem. So um, I expect him to be a very similar rotation to what we saw yesterday, with a little more efficiency
0: and a better outcome.
1: Jake, what do you think? Who's who's got to uh, play more, less, whatever in the in the rotation?
0: You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little bit surprised initially when um, it, they went with Sham instead of uh, going with a Cam Johnson and, and bringing Mikel kind of down to the two, because um, I thought uh, with the rebounding troubles, they might try and go for a little bit more size. But obviously, I mean, D, D.A. was night and day difference on the glass uh, against uh, Jonas than, uh, you know, in this last game than the other two. So now I see why they went with Landry. I, I will say this about Landry. Um, that he he looks a lot more confident than we saw him at points this season. He was a little bit tentative about getting a shot up. You know, he'd have the wide open three and he'd look at it and then he'd swing it back around. He'd be like, no, 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 we want you to build that confidence. Even when he was uh, bricking so many, you know, you got to get out of the slump. And he is taking the ball to the basket. I feel so bad that these refs are so unforgiving on his takes because he will just get whacked upside the head and come down and they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's playoff contact. And then, you know, somebody will get tapped on the hand uh, by him and they'll be like, Oh, that was a foul. You can't do that. I know. Uh, so uh, like let- John
1: Hollinger of the athletic, sorry to interrupt you, Jake, oh, yeah. but I'm going to, um, cause you made a great point about the fouls. John Hollinger of the athletic just put out an article yesterday, the day before fouls are up incredibly in these playoff foul calls, you know, you always talk about the refs let physicality happen, blah, blah, blah. Well, the fouls are up so high. They haven't, they haven't jumped this much over the regular season in like 20 years. Wow. It's just crazy how many fouls the refs are calling. And, um, Hollinger says, well, some of it might have to do with the the teams in the playoffs, right? There's you've got the Sixers who bait for fouls every single play, but, um, but then half the teams are not foul magnets. So it's weird that there's been such a foul jump. So it's possible that the refs will settle down and maybe even let a little more physicality happen. Or these teams are just being so physical, assuming that it won't get called, that the refs are just uh, forced into calling all these. I don't know. That's crazy. I just wanted to point out they're up way high this year.
0: Well, and and sometimes you know they'll say when they're calling games that the refs will start tightening it up a little bit. They think the players are getting a little too chippy. But I think you can see kind of the opposite end too, because I've been watching a lot of the playoff games, and there there's been uh, more than just the Suns games where all of a sudden the players are meeting at half court and uh, and and they're you know standing up to each other, and the refs have to get up and kind of break it apart. And I almost think that's because you will see on one play somebody just gets a light tap and then you'll see Landry get thrown into the stands and it's like, okay, we got to call it the same here because they're going to get very upset and get very frustrated and that's going to leak out. So I think it can actually go the other direction if they try and call it too tight that, uh, that these guys are actually going to get chippier and it's going to get more frustrating. And, and, you know, I, I, we, we like, we saw with Jackson Hayes get tossed out. I I'd rather us beat a full strength Pelicans team. Uh, but mm. that was an extremely cheap shot. Uh, and I know yeah. Jay's a, Jay's a talented actor, but that was, he didn't have <laughs> to act really no on disrespect
1: that one. to Jackson Hayes, yeah. but the Pelicans were still full strength, even after he got tossed. Oh, true. let's not give yeah. the Pelicans a pass here. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah.
0: I, I'll say this though, too. Uh, on um, uh, I think some uh, fans were getting down on McGee a little bit uh, over the last uh, two games and Chavale was going Incredible. like, I mean, exact Right. Like his offensive game looked smooth. He wasn't trying to toss up goofy stuff. He was doing some great traditional post moves. And, uh, and um, Dave, I actually remember this. So I'm going to shout you out on this. Some, some, st- some Suns fans were trying to uh, push the idea that we really needed to get Larry Nance Jr. on this uh, Suns team at the trade deadline. And you pointed out that Larry Nance, uh, good ball handler, good player, not a terrific three-point shooter. He's actually below average. And that's what we saw last night is JaVale was like, I don't have to come out and guard you because you will not be hitting a lot of threes again. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and I think uh, you saw... Nance missed, I think, the basket a couple times. I know at least once he yeah. just smacked it off the backboard. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's a not career thirty
1: so... percent on threes. I mean, yeah, yeah. we got Tory. Craig. I'd rather have him over Tory Craig, but um, yeah. there's a there's a big difference in money. Hey, so let me ask. Um, there's Code brought up something that's been coming up a lot in the last couple of days. Shocker, shocker! Suns lose a game. All of a sudden, they should have built their <laughs> roster differently. Um, yeah. But. This is a valid discussion. And while I don't agree with it, it's a valid discussion. Uh, code says, truth is, James Jones should have traded for Eric Gordon at the trade deadline. Now, let me just give you all the facts really quick. Eric Gordon, $18 million a year. The Suns don't have a first-round pick to have traded until like two or three years from now. Yep. Um. They the, the Rockets wanted a first-round pick. And you'd have to do salary matching. And no, Landry Shamit's money does not count. And no, Tori <clears> Craig's <throat> money did not count because he wasn't acquired at that point. Um, so who were you going to trade? Was it going to be Dario Saric? Okay, fine. Uh, but who else? And um, I'm also a big proponent of I believer in the butterfly effect. You cannot just swap one thing that should have happened three months ago and assume all else is the same, and all you're doing is plugging one more guy in. So I don't think everything would be the same, and all of a sudden you could play Eric Gordon the second Devin Booker's hamstring gets hurt, and things are better. And don't tell me the Suns could have won more games. They set a franchise record for more, for wins. They, uh, they, they cleared the field on every record you can have this year. So saying they could be that much better, sure. Um, but having said that, right now, Last night, it would have been nice to have Eric Gordon on the floor with the Suns. So for sure, I can totally see why code is saying this now. I don't like leaving something in drafts for two months and then you pull it out on on the one time you needed it. But that's okay. And I get the point. Um, Flex, what do you think about should the Suns have acquired Eric Gordon at the deadline? And um, would they be better off right now? Like, what's your take on this whole thing? I,
2: I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. I mean, in a vacuum, if I can leave my house right now, go to ShopRite and buy Eric Gordon and throw him into this team, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> That's not how it works, though, right? It's not how it works. You just can't. You got it. You got to go, and you got to give up something. So, you you mentioned you don't have Torrey Craig. It probably would have had to be Dario Saric, Jalen Smith, and a future first round pick, some something like that. Okay. Um, So now, yeah, okay, you got Eric going off the bench, right? How does that affect campaign? How does that affect Landry Shammott? How does that affect the fact that you no longer have another wing to throw at Ingram and Torrey Craig? I know Torrey Craig isn't doing anything offensively. But again, I'm not going to completely sell out on Torrey Craig the same way I'm not going to sell out on Jay Crowder and the same way I'm not going to sell out on campaign. I've seen these guys do wonderful things for this basketball team in the most crucial situations, the finals run last year and this incredible regular season. So... Again, in a vacuum, yeah, of course. I mean, if, if Devin Booker goes down and you plug in Eric Gordon and everything is all well, yeah, that sounds good. But at the end of the day, I think Monty did the right thing. I d I didn't like the fact that we would have to shuffle so much uh of that basketball team and give up so much. Um, so I, I like the point. It's a valid point because of the Booker injury. But um other than that, no, I I think I think he did the right thing and, and the way he put this team together is uh is 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 the way it is and and I love it. Uh Jake.
0: Yeah, I mean absolutely. I think uh I mean just look at the Lakers right now, right? I mean, uh there's a reason why they're still getting so much press and they're not even in the playoffs. One's because they've just got a lot of fans, but two, uh it's because they have traded away so many of their first round draft picks. They've got three guys that are so heavy on their salary cap. Uh and yeah, uh, I, I think after this series, uh, especially when Book comes back, we won't be talking about Eric Gordon anymore. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, situational circumstance type deal. It to me would be a little bit like if, um, if all of a sudden Jay Crowder went down, we'd be like, ah, see, we should have traded for a power forward at the trade deadline. Well, yeah, of course we should have, if, if we knew our power forward was going to be injured and we were going to be one, one in a playoff series, all of a sudden it's easier to say that. So no, I definitely think Eric Gordon would have been a great piece to have, but a first-round pick, Jalen Smith, and that, this is assuming that the Rockets even would have accepted exactly. that deal uh, of saying, That's "Oh, Darius exactly. and we'll exactly. lock up our salary someday in yeah. the future exactly. first rounder." Yeah.
1: They did not want yeah. the someday in the future first rounder. The Suns right. didn't have the pick they wanted. Nobody uh, not that.
0: just that but i mean remember jalen smith you, you can't sign him for much more than i think four something uh 4.6 yeah yeah and then dario was going to be on their the books for next year too at, at you know it's a good a good contract mm-hmm. i think for nine something but you know he wasn't going to play at all this year and so um that's assuming yeah like i i could have seen the rocket say you know what two firsts uh and and then you know uh then we're really starting to you know, Eric Gordon would not be really part of the future, I don't think, with this right. team. Uh, and so, yes, would I love to have him right now in this series? Absolutely, great point. He's a good player, um, but no, I, I'm not. I'm not stressing it too much. Uh, I, I don't think Holiday's the answer for a, a backup guard. I don't say we necessarily have to have him, but like, like I said, like Landry's coming along, and I think something tweaked campaign. Uh, you know, when, uh, was it the last game of the regular se- uh, season that they, they held him out because they thought and something. He, yeah. Oh,
2: the knee, the knee, I'm sorry. So it was the knee.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think he's been a little funky, he, but he's starting to come back. Uh, he, uh, taking a little bit more aggressive to the hole, getting those threes back down. So I think it's just going to take uh, a little bit more time and and our backup guards are going to be ready to go. Yeah.
1: Let me end with four comments, really quick, short comments on Eric Gordon. <laughs> Um, as a as a great three point shooter who would be helping the Suns right now, this year he made some threes, forty one percent. The year, two years prior, thirty three percent, thirty one percent.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Eric Gordon was part of that over twenty seven from three Houston Rockets team that somehow lost a three two lead to the Warriors in twenty eighteen yeah. when Chris Paul pulled a hamstring and sat out. Yeah. So assuming Eric Gordon would have made all his threes on Friday or or Tuesday is is not a great assumption. He is just as likely to have missed all those threes as he is to make them because he's not a great three-point shooter. Could he have helped on playmaking? Sure. But don't just say three-point shooting. That's all. That's and then the final thing, the final comment I want to make is I want to echo something Devin Booker said the other day. If my auntie had something between her legs she'd be my <laughs> uncle. He sure said that. If, he did say that.
2: Yep. And if, 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 if it's for fifth, if we'd, it, all if be fifth be drunk. we'd all
1: be drunk. <laughs> so stop with the ifs and just go with the freaking team we have that set a franchise record with wins and stop talking about trading having wish I wish we would have traded for this dude who would be a go- Why didn't the Suns trade for Kevin Durant at the at the trade deadline, huh?
2: Yeah. Selective amnesia, man. They we should they, have sent they,
0: Dario to the Bucks for Giannis.
2: And you know what, guys, <laughs> uh, on that point, uh, guys, about the whole trade package, here's what I like more. I like if the Phoenix Suns can make a championship run this year, and then you add Dario Dario Saris to your team next year. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds a lot better to me on a good contract, a guy that fits the system, a guy that the locker room loves, and a guy that we know perform well in this environment. So, yeah. Could you imagine if the Suns make a championship run and now you bring back, Hey, Dario Saric is back. How, how much better are they? So it's a lot to think about. It's not, you can't do everything like this in the vacuum.
1: Dude is even leveled up while he's injured because he yeah. went from worst hair on the team to best <laughs> hair on
0: the team. Yeah. Have you
1: seen this dude's flowing locks? The dude with the worst calyx in his hair ever, Went from short hair to nice, long, flowing locks. He's going to rival
2: Ricky Rubio by next year at this stage. I'm I'm looking for the Pantene commercial. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get in
1: there with uh, Troy Palomar. Yeah, yeah, head and shoulders. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Dario Sarge on head and shoulders for the NBA <laughs> Finals. I'm with
1: it. I Call me, Dario. I'll,
0: I'll
2: be the agent. Call me, Dario.
1: <laughs> we need him to come out there and just shake his uh, hair That's like it, Prince man. Charming. Hey, from Fabio. The, from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, we're going to look around the rest of the league for a couple of minutes, and I want you guys to do – this is our true-false question. This is our true-false segment, um, and I'm going to do it just as a teaser question, and then you guys have to answer true-false in the in the chat. You guys answer true-false, and then you can follow it up with, with some commentary if you want. Um, first true-false question. Dallas is right now up two to one without even having Luca on the on the court against the Jazz. Two games to one, Dallas is up. True, false. The Jazz win a game in this series. The Jazz win another and win any more games in this series. True, false. Flex. True.
2: They win the next game in Utah. Regroup, and I still think this series is going seven.
1: Wow. That'd be good for Devin Booker's recovery. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You think the series is going to seven? All right. Cool. Jake, what do you think?
0: So true. They win a game, uh, one more game, but no, I, I don't necessarily think it's going seven. There's something wrong with that Jazz locker room, and and uh, you know I don't. I'm not a. Uh, Stephen A. Smith can get get and grind my gears a little bit uh, with his uh, hot takes, but I, I gotta agree. Uh, jazz make me sick. They make me absolutely sick uh, because it's a tremendously talented coach. Uh, defensive player, Donovan Mitchell, great three-point shooters, and i they look like they absolutely hate each other. It would be like if, uh, Dave, you'd ask me to come on this podcast, I, uh, you know, and I'd be like, I will, but I don't like you at all, Dave, and I can't <laughs> wait to get off this uh, uh, as soon as we can. So, no, there, there's something funky about it. I mean, because when, when you're making these players without Luca look like superstars, and I know it's a little bit a system, and Gobert doesn't like to get out and guard the three, but no, I, these Jazz guys, they – A lot of them want out, it looks like. I mean, some of them want to get that next good contract, but I think Mitchell wants to play himself out as long as he's playing and getting his own stats and feeling good about it. He'll he'll be fine just, uh, you know, letting the Mavs take over. Dave, how many points do we get? You, this
2: feels like around the horn. I like it, bro.
0: You got (laughs) to get us a little little points, and then yeah, but
2: then that would have to to be subjective. (laughs) And then I hate that. I'm joking, stab
0: me, Dave. No, I know what you
1: mean.
2: I know what you mean. This is cool. I like this segment. Go ahead, brother. All right, so so we got that now.
1: My my vote is false. They don't win another game. So the question was, will they win? I don't think they're going to win another game. I think they're completely broken. Donovan Mitchell the other night. There was somewhere 40 over 40 passes he made in the game. It could have been as high as 60. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. How many did he make to go bear? One.
0: They hate each other. Wow. What? Which is weird. Other. Like I get if you don't like each other, but like, you know, Kobe and Shaq didn't really like each other, but they're like, wait a minute, let's go win some rinks first. When yeah. <laughs> we can hate yeah. each other in the offseason. Yeah. Like these two are, I mean. There's not a lot of people that go bears, not a great offensive player, but he can, he can score in close on these Mavericks, uh, defenders. Mm-hmm. And the Mitchell's Mavericks are like, playing nah. small. Yeah. You're
1: taking advantage on the offensive end by putting Kleba in the corny corner. Yeah. Why not post him up? Like the Suns are doing on I their the miss. Suns
0: just did
2: against the Pelicans last night. Mm-hmm. Correct.
0: It legitimately looks like uh, uh, the Mavericks. Well, Jason, yes, uh, Jason Kidd is like, wait, we're going to build our entire scheme around the fact that they hate each other and we'll yes! play well together. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like, Oh, well, this guy's good at this or get this guy. They're like, he won't, they won't pass it to Rudy. So let's, let's he go won't rotate for him. Right? Exactly. He, won't rotate, yeah. man.
2: he won't help for
0: him. Bad blood. That way here, yeah. Like, he said something about his girlfriend. They don't like each other. I don't know <laughs> what, what happened, but the Kid figured that out.
1: All right, man. Next true, false. Memphis, Memphis got, went up two one after losing their opening game by a lot at home. Memphis is now up two to one, including after having been down 25 points in the late in the third quarter, they closed the game on a 50 to 16 run to beat Minnesota in Minnesota. We in many now, as, as Carl Anthony Towns was chanting in the first half, how he loves to chant in the first half and get all up of games. Um, my question to you guys, true or false? Uh, Minnesota wins another game. True or false? Uh, we'll go. Uh, let's go, Jake first. Sorry, I'm gonna
0: take turns. Uh, true. Uh, there, there's something that uh, Minnesota will figure out. I, I give them one more game, but then uh, I think that's their swan song too. I mean, uh, uh, for the same reason. And then you alluded to it earlier in the program about Carl Anthony Towns. Just it's it's he's da but without the smarts uh, or without the veteran leadership that can sit there and say, Hey, you need to knock this off and stop playing this way. Um, so, but Anthony Edwards, man, that kid is talented. So I, I give, you know, there's something that the local Minnesota fans will, you know, make some noise and Edwards will put in a a few extra buckets. And I think they get one more, but otherwise I think the series is going to get wrapped up sooner than later.
2: Flex. Yes, true. Minnesota wins one more game in this series, but Memphis wraps this up in six. Um, They're just a better team, and and we're seeing a little bit from the Timberwolves. um, What we're going to see, I think, tomorrow against the Pelicans, the young, unexperienced team that can play very good in spurts, but when things get tight, um, they start to show their youth, and they start to play – for themselves as opposed to for the collective unit and for the team so I think we saw that and uh I just think that uh Taylor Jenkins has been out coaching the heck out of Finch and and I mean that was so obvious in the last game so uh yeah this uh I think true they do win a game but I don't think it lasts long I got that one in six. Wow.
1: Okay. I'm going to say false. They don't win any more games, man. I just, I
2: just thought <laughs> so you're so down on these guys. Cause I Carl's so going to be drinking wine. Guys. He's going to I love
1: Charles wine. Barkley's rant. He's like, this is the dumbest team in the NBA. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, for once, I love Charles Barkley's rant. So uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Memphis is just so good. And we'll talk about Memphis going forward uh, in these, uh, th- their team, that you know what? Sometimes I'm like, oh, they're young. They're not gonna, but they they do a lot of the things that can beat the Suns. So I do worry about Memphis, but they do have to get the Warrior get through the Warriors first. Um, I love the fact that the Suns have the top seed and Memphis yeah. and Golden State have to play each other in the next round, and the Suns yeah. don't have to play both, they only have to play one of them. So yeah. I'm really happy about that. But um, I'm gonna say Falls Mini does not win another game. Okay, no. next true falls. Warriors, they're up 3-0 on Denver. Can I point out that as good as the Warriors have looked, the Suns beat the same Denver team, actually a better Denver team better Denver Michael Porter team. Jr. Yep. for half, Dem- yep. half the series by more than these Warriors are these suddenly Golden State Golden Warriors are doing in these in this series. But anyway, they're up 3 0 on Denver. True false. Does Denver win Denver wins another game? True or false? Denver wins another game.
2: False. 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 This is over. This is over. <laughs> Put old yellow to sleep. Um, I'm sorry, man. It's just, it, you know, Denver's just not a good basketball team. And uh, this is why, you you know what, Dave? Uh, this is why I would love the NBA. I know it would never happen. And I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with this take. But I. this is why I wish the NBA would let the voting go one more week. I'm not saying because it's a regular season award, so yeah. it is a regular season award. But I'm saying let it go <clears> one <throat> more week. Let's see one round and then make your decision. Because everybody who yeah. said Joker's the MVP is going to have a lot of you know what on their face if he gets swept in the first round. And the argument is your yeah, MVP is a regular season guy who can't win in the playoffs and get swept every year. Uh, and I hear people now. This is the argument well, you know what? You got to do it in prime time and winning is more important. Well, guess what? That's what Devin Booker did all year and you ignored it and you went yeah. with these fancy little flashy stats and he may be getting sent home. Hopefully, he's not the MVP because I think that'll be a bad look. But short, uh, yeah, uh, uh, false. Yeah, I think it was false, right? False. Yeah. And not, they're, they're not winning the game. This is sweet. And uh, it is what it is.
0: Jake? Yeah, it's, it's a false for me too. I mean, uh, I actually thought, uh, you know, Joker would be able to get one off of them by now, but uh, it's just—I actually feel bad for him because he, he puts in so much effort, and then he goes and sits yeah. on the bench. And if they ever have a lead, <clears throat> they the start truck. seeing the team hemorrhage <laughs> points. And I mean, that's just got to be mind-boggling. And then he, he looks down the bench and he sees his other like two cohorts and uh, um, Murray and Porter Jr. just sitting there, and he's like, "I, I understand you guys are hurt, but I, I can't do all this alone." <laughs> and and I think we also have seen. Uh, uh, going back to uh, woulda, coulda, shouldas, and ifs, there was a long time where the Suns fans were like, we got to go out and get Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's going to be yeah, the right. power God. forward for us. He's a great power forward for the oh. Orlando Magic. And he looks like he would be – I mean, he looks like he's the second best player on the Nuggets right now. He looks like he'd be a role player just about anywhere else. And and I mm. like him. I mean, he, he, he plays a good game. But it's just – I feel bad for the Nuggets. Uh, they're not going to win another one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think – I'm going to say false. The Nuggets don't win another game either. I just think, Flex, you're you're coming. He shouldn't be the MVP. I think that's just a fallacy. The problem with MVP voting – the problem with MVP voting is the mentality of how bad is this team without this player on the court. How about the MVP voting being the best player on the best team and there's such a good influence on the team that the team doesn't tank – the right. moment you're not in there and has the, and, and you raise up the play of the people around you. They've actually regressed this year. I don't know how they got to the sixth seed. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think Joker is people just aren't ready for him in a single game. But if you can, obviously if you can scheme around him, he's he's now going to have lost eight straight playoff games. Yeah. And will he be better when Jamal Murray is back? Of course he will because Jamal Murray is a very good player and can and can do things that the Joker can't out there. They're a good tandem. They're a good duo. But I, I think a fallacy is giving the MVP to somebody who is the only good guy on their team. It's like when they gave way back in the 887, Andre Dawson got MVP for the Cubs because he had yeah. 49 homers, had 137 RBIs, and his the Cubs were last place because yeah. they said without him, they'd have be been even worse. Well, you can't get much worse. I mean, Felix so.
2: Hernandez, uh, uh, Felix Hernandez, right? Won the Cy Young with like six wins. Yeah, right. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't see those things. Those things never sat well with me.
0: Right. Well, let me ask you guys: uh, Will uh, the Joker finish Game Four? Or will he be thrown out?
2: <laughs> He'll get him. No, he's going to smack. Yeah. I think he gets ejected.
0: Yeah. He's Second gonna, half, he's going to be like, you know what? I'm done. The shower <laughs> sounds great right yeah, now.
2: Yeah. He's going to take a <laughs> shot at you on pool or something like he did yeah. with campaign last year. He'll be in the shower <laughs> in the third
1: quarter. <laughs> um, code saying healthy Denver is scary. I don't think they're scary. I think no. they're exposed. I, uh, yeah. uh, Jamal Murray is better. Obviously, a really good player but um I don't think they're scary anymore. I just don't. Um Okay. Next question. Sixers are up three Oh on the Raptors after Joel Embiid made a three pointer in overtime to win their, their game in Toronto. True or false. The Raptors win another game. We'll go Jake first.
0: Is Scotty Barnes back? I don't think he is. Is he? No, no, no yeah, they have I, injury I, issues. Exactly. So I, uh, this is a, an unfortunate, uh, uh sweep for the Raptors. Uh, uh, feel bad for the Canadians, but, uh, I, I think the team is, uh, can stay on that side of the board.
1: Oh, they'll just stay, they'll just finish the game and stay on that side of the border. I like that's that. right. Flex. What do you say?
2: False. Yeah. Joel Embiid is playing incredible. He does have a thumb ligament injury that he's going to play through now. So that's going to be that's interesting true. for the rest of the playoffs. But for this one game, I just think they're deflated. Um, Toronto's not going to be able to come back from this. And Philly's just playing really good basketball. So, yeah, I think that's another clean sweep. Um, but I'm more intrigued with what happens going forward with Joe Joel Embiid. Prayer's up, too, man. I hate players getting hurt in playoffs. I know, having
1: to play through that from the first round on. See, the good thing about Devin Booker is he'll get over this hamstring injury <coughs> if they do it right. Yeah. And he'll be fine. Um, yeah it sucks to have to play through that the rest of the, the rest of the playoffs all right so next true false i i agree with you guys the raps are done uh they're not going to cross the border again uh, <laughs> that's awesome um the bucks are up two one over the bulls the bulls did get that one win in game two uh the bucks clean their clocks in game three in chicago um so do the bulls win another game true false the bulls win another game Flex
2: False. The Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're the defending NBA champions. With or without Chris Middleton, they'll rally together. Um, you saw last night what they're built like, and and I was happy to see that because I think uh, the Suns and the Bucks are cut from the same cloth, which is why they played such a great series last year. So, no, false. The the Bulls do not win another basketball game uh, in this series. The Bucks finish them off, and uh, we'll see them again in June, baby. Phoenix, Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun, man. A finals rematch. I would yes, love sir. that, Jake. Yeah. What do you say? Bulls win uh,
0: another game. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we will be seeing the Bucks in the finals, but it'll be after the Bucks take one more loss from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, there's oh. gonna be there's gonna be some. Uh, Chris Middleton takes what they say uh, over forty. 40- Three percent of their usage in crunch time uh, minutes, and Drew Holiday is just not that guy right now for him. So Giannis has to do a lot more work. So this plays into the Bulls' hands. Um, Bulls Bulls will get shellacked in this series. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm giving them one uh, one more win, uh, and I think they'll you know they'll upset some betters. But uh, you know it, it'll they'll get one more.
1: Hey, Flex. I don't know if you're around back then, but I used to have a co-host, Tim Tompkins.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, who would do... show what you guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He would, he would vape during the games too. He would just yeah. blow the smoke right at the camera. I'm trying don't even out. bother <laughs> going to the side, man. Yeah, he would just He would not. just ex- exhale right at the camera, right in the middle of waiting, uh, as as one espo or I were, were on a rant.
0: Shout feel out for not
1: him. to turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't think the Bulls win another game either. I feel like these series are getting wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, I just, uh, they just, they, the Bulls, they matched, uh, by winning game two against the Bucks. they doubled the number of wins they got against playoff teams for the year. <laughs> they had only had one playoff game win against the playoff team. So, or is a top four playoff team, something like that, but it was, they were just been yeah, awful dude. against really yeah. good teams. They doubled that. So I don't think, uh, they're going to win another game. All right. Next one. Ooh, this is a toughie, man. Purple. Celtics somehow got... Sorry, there sorry, you go?
2: sorry. Purple. Somebody said what color. I got to go with purple. I'm a Phoenix guy, man. Come on. Sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry bro. Does that have a great flavor or something? Great there, flavor, man? yes. Great, oh, great flavor. Purple, nice. and, my, and my
2: go-to is orange. Could y'all, could nice. y'all have to taste that? Nice. My backup is orange. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. It's good. It's good. You got to You got you to answer the questions in the chat. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Big series. Celtics. Are up 2-0 after they made uh, the game winner on, on in the first game, and then they had a great finish in the second game as well over the Nets. The Nets are now going to be at home. Um, what do you think? Uh, my true-false here is it's, it's a bad true-false, but we'll make it the same question of all the other ones. Do the Nets win a game the rest of this series, and what do you predict for the
2: rest of the series? Flex. Uh, yes, the Nets are going to win a game. Um, and I still got Boston in seven, which I said before the series, I just think Boston's the better team overall. And, uh, I think the Nets will find a way to get a couple wins in this series to to keep things interesting. And I do think it's going to go seven. I think I could see Brooklyn winning the next two at home. Um, and then, uh, splitting, you know, five, six and seven, uh, towards Boston. But that's the series I'm loving, man. Besides watching the Phoenix Suns, I'm fixated on that series. It's just... It's just not your traditional two seven. Uh, it feels yeah. like an Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm being yeah. honest. You know, and and I think this Boston team is pretty damn good. If there's a team in the East besides Milwaukee that gives me a little bit of apprehension, it's Boston. I think Boston can come out of that East, and and that because would be of their uh, defense is just they're, stifling. Their defense is stifling, and they have a their you know. They got those two stars. I like Jason Tatum, and, and my yeah. favorite, my favorite underrated. I, I don't know if you can call him underrated because he's an all star, but I don't think he gets enough credit. I absolutely love Jalen Brown. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated with that kid. I think he's a f- fantastic player. He's 25 years old. The kid is a genius, by the way. He could have went yeah, to NASA, like he MIT he came actually, after him. You know,
1: like, I I'm, remember. I'm you, I remember in the draft, coming into the draft, that was actually seen by NBA executives as a negative.
0: Yeah, yeah, I they're crazy. Just they like do that Kawhi in the NFL Swinton, too, right?
2: Just yeah. like too Kawhi smart Swinton, for the league. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, too smart for the league, right? The kid got—I mean, you're talking MIT and NASA. The kid can—the yeah. kid can beat Kevin Durant and then fly a rocket to the moon. You don't yeah. want <laughs> that guy on your team? Come on, man. I love Jalen yeah. Brown. Shout out to Jalen Brown, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so
1: man. yeah, so uh, uh, what was I going to say? So Robert Williams is supposed to be returning for the Celtics in Game mm-hmm. Three. And then Ben Simmons is supposed to be playing his first game for the Nets in Game four. It's funny that Robert Williams had a real acute injury and is going to c- join this series sooner than Ben Simmons, who had back soreness um, <laughs> and uh, uh, mentality soreness. But I, I, you know what? I'm not going to question someone's mental psyche. Men, uh, mental issues, emotional issues are a real problem. And yeah. when you have them, it takes a while to get over them. I'm not questioning that. I just think when they use back soreness as an excuse, that's a problem. That's all. And and uh, I just think it's funny he's coming back later than Robert Williams. Jake, uh, what do you think? Do the Nets uh, win another game? Do the Nets win oh, yeah. a game? In yeah, this I mean,
0: Kevin Durant can just win a game by himself if necessary. And he's got Kyrie finally playing uh, games with him, uh, you know, and not taking uh, days off. So, uh, no, they're, they're definitely going to win some games here. Uh but this, ne- this next one really is the one that's going to determine that for me. I mean, if they win this one, then I'd say they could even go down 1-3 and still make it go all the way to 7. I still think mm-hmm. the Celtics win. But if they go down 0-3, uh, then, yeah. then maybe this isn't just – maybe Durant has slipped a little bit. But, no, I, right now I think you, you got to give uh, uh, some credit to them. I don't think Ben Simmons – they said Ben Simmons might get 10 to 15 minutes. Uh that almost, to me, might be worse for his psyche to, to limit him that much. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know if his back is that bad, if he's going to do like the Steve Nash approach and just play a lot and then go lay down on the, uh, you know, on the sidelines for a bit to keep his back from uh, locking up. But the, the Celtics are getting reinforced and the Nets really don't have any help coming. That's how I see it. So um, I still think Celtics win, but Durant's going it, to it'll, it'll take a couple games at least.
1: Boy, imagine. So Kyrie right now, he spent the entire season not playing home games. And now, uh, well, actually, he missed half the season, period. Then he played only road games. Now he's playing all their games, but he's in the middle of Ramadan where he's not eating or <coughs> yeah. drinking uh, anything yeah, from yeah, sunrise yeah. to sunset. You know who else is going through Ramadan, according to a buddy of mine? Uh, I didn't realize this, and they haven't made a big deal of it. Jalen Brown is also yes, not eating yes, or Jaylen drinking. Yes, Jalen Brown,
2: too. Yes, yes, yep. Yeah.
1: And this is not even water.
2: You can't even have water. Nothing from sunrise. Sun up Sunday. Did sunset. you see? Did you see Dave? Did you see the other night? They had the coach on the sideline with the time. He went. He yeah. had. He he went right, to Kyrie, time, he says, right. Seven yeah. forty one. Go get you some bananas and some fruits, man. I, it's yeah. a. It's an incredibly. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And yeah. a lot of respect to these guys, man. I mean that that is some unbelievably tough things. It's tough to do that as a regular worker. Just, like walking, just, around just walking around it's your house, just walking around your house, and and just walking the dog <laughs> and cleaning things up, like to play a professional basketball game against That's Jason crazy. Tatum. Yeah, I mean it's crazy stuff. Shout out to those guys, man. A lot of respect for that.
1: Yeah, this buddy, he's also doing going through Ramadan. He says it's just awful, and he was just piling up food and drinks for um, halftime of the game the other night when he was there at the game. Um, and and the thing is, you can't even eat a lot after thirteen hours, sixteen hours, whatever it is right. of not. Yeah, All you can do is 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 like like we saw Kyrie with a fruit cup because uh, yeah. you need the sugar and yeah. or a banana because you need the potassium or whatever. So you don't cramp up. It's just crazy. I mean, think about that cramps. These guys need to be hydrated so they don't get cramps when they're playing. And yet they haven't been able to even consume water all day. So big power, more power, Kyrie. And But I feel also bad for the Nets having to deal with Kyrie. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> one thing after another, man. One thing after, one thing another, after another. I mean, wow. All right. Last true false. I know I'm keeping you guys long. I appreciate go, you. I love you. It. Last true false. The heat. They're up two to one. They got their one point win. Uh, I think it was the heat. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Hawks won by one point in game three in Atlanta uh, with Trey Young hitting that, that floater with four seconds left to put the give them the lead um, after our own uh, fan favorite PJ Tucker made a three to give Miami a, a lead. Uh, right before that, Trey Young makes a floater, and he said, "I never, I never thought that was going to miss." He threw the floater so high that it almost hit the top of the building and dropped <laughs> in through the net. But he knew it wasn't going to miss. Um, do you think the Hawks win another game? True, false. The Hawks win another game. Heater up two one. Jake, we'll start
0: with you. No, um, to me, Trey Young is is kind of like a Kevin Durant light. He can just go and steal a game, steal your heart from him. But he hasn't reached. He, he doesn't have the. Uh, he's not at Kevin Durant's level yet, and he doesn't have the. Uh, you know, Collins to me isn't Kyrie Irving. So, um, and I, I don't is Capella back? I, I he was out last. I, I don't saw think right. So. Yeah, and so they're, they're missing the, the big man in the middle a little bit. And so, uh, no, I, I think uh, the Heat um, – It's it, to me, the Heat, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Suns, uh, a little bit the Celtics, it, we're seeing these system teams, these like non – one guy takes over, iso ball at the end. It's it's really fun basketball to watch. And the Heat just happened to be one of those teams right now where, you know, you think, well, Jimmy Butler's the best player – Potentially. But then Tyler Hero is the one that goes off for 15 in the fourth quarter and wins you the game. So it, it's a fun thing to watch. But, yeah, the the Hawks have to essentially play Trey Young spoiler ball. And, and I don't think they can do any more than what they've done.
1: All right. Flex Do the Hawks win one more
2: game or more. No, I think it's over. Um, I, I tell you what, guys, my favorite coach in the world is Eric Spolster. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely love Eric Sposter. I think he's the best coach in professional basketball. I really do. Um, and so when I watch his teams play, um, it's, it's it's beautiful to watch. Um, I thought that game was over yesterday. Kyle Lowry got a little bit of a hamstring issue. Oh, that's um, right. So that's, he's limping around. Yeah, he's limping around. He's claiming that he's a Wolverine, though. So he's saying he's going to. He's going right? to. Yeah, he, he's saying he's going to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, with the injury, I think Atlanta was able to take advantage for that one game. But I think Spolster will make the adjustments. I think they'll win uh, game four and then wrap it up in Miami in game five.
1: Hello. Um, Jam just posted a comment, <laughs> a question in the chat. How much weight will Luca have gained while being off with, a, with an ankle injury?
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Because
0: he's hey. going to end
1: up missing most of that. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to play this weekend. Uh, you know what
0: that reminds me of a little bit, Dave, is uh, when uh, Goran Dragic got got in the league and got on the sun Drag- Dragic, yes, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, and I think we saw it with Barbosa a little bit too, but uh, it was definitely Goran that I remember yeah. in interviews. Uh, he, they were like, "So, what's the biggest difference about playing, you know, uh, in Europe and then here in the states?" He goes, "I can just go get like Taco Bell." Every single day here. And, and it, like, I don't know what it is. They, they, they just don't grow up in the same environment of temptation that we kind of almost get sick of eating fast food as much. I mean, America, we're not the healthiest country, but you America. know, like our, our basketball players, <laughs> I tend to learn that uh, while, it, unless you're Michael Beasley who decides to eat like, you know, 20 bags <laughs> of Skittles before every game, but uh, no, Sometimes those guys, I, I could see Luca coming back and, you know, you n- just know the broadcast team is going to get their media sheet and they're going to say, he looks a little bit bigger. Doesn't he? He yeah. looks a little yeah. bit bigger <laughs> than what they're building him yeah, yeah,
2: That could become a thing, guys. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, someone said, "Is if he's hanging out with Zion, he's going to get fat. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> Zion. Holy crap. He was walking oh, off the man. court after their win the other night with, like next to Brandon Ingram, who admittedly is not a guy you want to walk next to if you're if you're a hefty dude, because uh, uh, Brandon Brandon Ingram being so skinny. But my God, Zion looked like um, a bodyguard who who was once in shape back in high school and now is just shape. Right. right.
2: <laughs> it's scary. It's scary, man. That kid better get it together, man. Somebody's got to get in that kid's ear. That kid. That kid's playing ah. with his career, man. Um. So. It's, it's a it's a terrible thing, man. You got that much talent, man. You gotta get right. You gotta get you gotta be a pro and you gotta get your body right. Charles Barkley says it all the time. The best thing that ever happened to Charles Barkley was Moses Malone calling him fat and lazy, taking him out to the track in Philly at four in the morning, running, getting him in shape. Yeah. Uh, if Zion has that dedication, I think he'll be a great player. But if he keeps this up, man, uh we could be looking at a uh yeah, I, I'm not even going to go there and say what I was about to say, but th- let's just say we could be looking at a very unfortunate situation for a kid with that
0: much talent. So hopefully I'm wrong. Flex, Dave, let me ask you guys something quick, and uh, I know I apologize because I know we're going long, but I, I think this is a great conversation. <laughs> it's great uh, yeah, things it to is listen fun. to. It and is this fun. is what I have to ask is have have you either of you been to New Orleans? No. Yeah. No, yes. okay. I was there for Flex.
1: All-Star game in 2014
0: yes it is a fantastic place to visit uh it's to me it's it's like uh, i describe it to my buddies as las vegas but with a little bit more culture where <laughs> it's not just like gambling all the time it's like oh maybe today i'm going to go see culture, a, jazz a lot more band draw yeah. <laughs> and, but here's the thing if you're somebody that has trouble keeping the weight off new orleans no, 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 is not no. the place for yeah. you that no, place no, no. i I I could have three square meals and then a buddy would be like, Hey, you know, it's uh, a nine o'clock. You'd be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Let's go eat some more. Like you just find ways to keep eating in that city. So I don't know, maybe he needs to get traded to the jazz, uh, Donovan Mitchell swap or something like that in Salt Lake. And he can just, (laughs) you know, be out there in the mountains and just kind of breathing the clean air and, and losing the weight. But yeah, Zion in new Orleans, that's, that's, you know, I've like heard maybe, about leaving a grilled steak in front of, uh, you know, uh, your, your, uh, your, your dog, you know, it, it's, it's going to be eaten, you know, it's just too tempting. for him. <laughs>
2: right. right. <laughs> Couldn't agree. Hey,
1: if more you guys don't, if you guys don't mind, I got a new Orleans story for you from the all-star yeah. weekend in 2014. Um, so for some unknown reason that is still yet today, unexplained crown Royal decided that they wanted to be um, get into the NBA space, and they were going to start giving um, um, perks to bloggers around the country. And uh, I was picked as the Phoenix blogger who was going to be sponsored by Crown Royal for the 2013-14 uh, season. First okay. of all, I'm the last dude you'd want to give a Crown Royal sponsorship to. Second of all, a blogger. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're not, they called us NBA influencers. And I'm like, well, back then I wasn't quite as much of an, I was happy to have a thousand followers at that point.
0: But the anyway. most interesting podcaster for the Phoenix Suns.
1: That yeah. is sad if
0: that's yeah, true. Yeah, uh, you can the most interesting man in the world, you could be the most interesting podcaster. Dave King so. drinks his Crown Royal with a splash of apple. Man,
1: I got I got like 8 bottles of Crown during that season. Every month they sent me a new bottle. I I became, I've become awesome. a whiskey drinker since, but I wasn't yeah. before. Anyway, they they paid for us to go to All-Star weekend. Oh, that's awesome. They gave bro. us tickets to All-Star that's game. Awesome. Um and they spent the entire time Whiskey and dining us from Damn. Thursday night to Sunday night. Damn. How did you cover anything? I didn't. It turned out to be it was a it was a fan it's fest a kind of thing. I barely even made the All Star game, hungover crap. Oh, um, I didn't cover anything that weekend. The All Star like Saturday evening festivities. We were basically sitting in a private room at a restaurant, eating like crazy and drinking like crazy, and just watching it on TV like anybody would have at
0: home. Like, but they NBA and influencer that, or whiskey influencer, yeah. yeah,
1: whiskey influencer. Apparently, I got so much Crown Royal, Jesus Christ, and it's so funny because <laughs> all the bloggers that they were sponsoring looked like me, okay, because that's who bloggers are, right? They look like me. We're in New Orleans, we're the only ones who look like us in New Orleans. Right, first of all. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday night, they took us to this—I can't remember the name of the bar—but it was a really popular bar Saturday night. And there was some; they had free drinks. We had—we had our floor uh, like a a, um, a balcony all to ourselves, and everything a loft all to ourselves. And then there's the dance floor, the drinking area downstairs. And they moved us down to one of those bottle service areas, roped off, oh, you know, where you got God. some couches and stuff. And this place is shoulder to shoulder people. And we're drinking like crazy again. Thirty guys who look like me—actually, well, two <laughs> or three girls—but thirty who look like me in this New Orleans downtown bar, who nobody else looks like us. I'm not going to go Ain't into I any don't, I don't know. anything about
0: New
2: Orleans, right? Y'all, y'all, y'all y- if you yeah, know yeah, anything yeah, about it. it? I get it. They all
1: look like Zion Williamson, but anyway. So
0: we're
1: we're there and we're looking like, but we're so drunk we don't we don't even notice, right? I'm waiting for Kevin Hart to show up. There's supposed to be an appearance oh, by Kevin Hart. Okay, oh, <laughs>
0: this is so perfect. Is a, I'm sorry, a, just yeah, crown royal. Just I thinking like, do guys, are bringing in Kevin Hart, and you know, and with
1: these guys, I mean, one of these dudes is like. Passed out drunk, and everyone yeah. else is like, 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 kind of. Like we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I'm just, Dave, I'm just
0: imagining two. you sipping your whiskey, being like, "Say it with your chest." You know,
2: <laughs> you, know yeah. you, you know, you know what I'm imagining, man. I'm, I'm imagining Hangover Four with the, with the yeah. <laughs> Yes, like, like where, so where's wild. the movie? Where's the tiger yeah. today? Where, when you went back to the room, was there a lion in the room or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, What is going on here, bro? So we're
1: waiting for Kevin Hart. We're in this roped-off area, um, you know, drinking like crazy, having a great time. Kevin, it's midnight, no Kevin. 1 a.m., no Kevin Hart. 2 a.m., no Kevin Hart. 3 a.m., no Kevin. My kids are like, Dad, you got to get a picture with Kevin Hart. You got to get a picture. They love Kevin Hart. You got to get a picture with Kevin Hart. I'm like, uh, looking at my watch, going, what the fuck? 4 a.m., I see this. I see everybody's head turned toward the door in the in this bar, shoulder to shoulder. There's no getting around in this bar now. It's all shoulder to shoulder because everybody knew Kevin Hart was coming. 4 a.m. Everyone's head turns toward the door, and I see this circle of bodyguards, right? And then there's a hole in the middle of the bodyguards, right? And they're walking Kevin Hart to a corner of the bar. You know Kevin Hart's about five foot nothing. Right. So there's no see seeing see Kevin him. Hart it
2: because been Devin, so It could have been him. Devin Fart and, and
1: <laughs> yeah, it could have
2: been anybody. <laughs> but, he's got
0: to say with his chest, yeah. And
2: yeah. I'm
1: I'm there trying to figure out how I'm going to get a picture of Kevin Hart. I'm certainly not going to get a picture with Kevin Hart because he's surrounded by his bodyguards, and they're not letting me in to see Kevin. You know, uh, so I I get I, I you know I'm, I'm picking up my phone, you know, trying to do all that and then climbing onto things and getting a downward angle picture because the dude is not the tallest we'll just say that um and i finally get a picture and it's this cloudy it looks like you know um taking a picture of of you know sasquatch in the woods kind of thing you know it's like all grainy and stuff oh, man. but i swear to god it was kevin hart and <laughs> i told my kids i'm out, I'm out. <laughs> i sent them the picture and i'm out and just i
0: walked
2: back to my- <laughs> okay
0: i'm, Dave, I'm waiting for the to movie this now to after yeah the i'm show. waiting for
2: the movie we need we need the <laughs> cinematic version of that bro <laughs> yeah I need the cinematic version of that, brother. I got oh some people God. out here in New York that that's in. You know, I, I think I could hook that up, man. You start talking, <laughs> we might have we might have a hit here, bro. Uh, hangover oh for Dave King and the Bloggers, man, in New Orleans. <laughs> it I'm was with
1: the goofiest thing.
2: Waiting, but bro. man,
1: I enjoyed it. It was a free weekend, and that was yeah. that was one of the best solo weekends I've done. Great, it was great. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So that's my new Orleans experience. <laughs> I've been there twice brother. before. That was one of them. All right, hey, let's wrap this up with a quick preview of we're going to make predictions, quick predictions for the Suns. True, false. The Suns are up two to one. Um, true, false. The Pelicans win another game. Flex
2: ah man it's the toughest one you're giving me here huh um yep. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say false i'm gonna say false i think the phoenix suns come out and get greedy on sunday they understand the magnitude of getting devin booker more rest and uh shots start to fall i'm not gonna give you a score but i will say i think the suns win plus 10 and then wrap this thing up on tuesday in phoenix and everyone will say what a great series it was
0: and here I, right, was well, I was thinking, I was gonna say what be. a
1: great series it was. Hello, <laughs>
2: Paulie. Hello, Paulie. Rest yeah. in peace, Paulie. Rest in peace,
0: Jake. And here I was thinking I was gonna be the one overreacting to the most recent game. Uh, but so I'm gonna play this one a little bit more cautious. Uh, I, I think the uh, uh, Pelicans do grab one more, but I agree. If the Suns are able to uh, break their back uh, on this uh, and this next game, if we can uh, take both games in New Orleans, that just will take the life out of them. And so, uh, this is the one I want uh, to, to win the most. I'd rather, in, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I can see the Pelicans getting this one. Then we have to go back and handle business at home and then take them down in new Orleans.
1: Um, okay. I'm going to say false. I think the Pelicans have had their day in the sun. I think uh, the suns, they've been so cold from outside. They're going to start hitting some, and that's all it's going to take. Cause they also got scared in the loss for uh, showing up only half ass. Um, I mean, after that game two, when Monty and those guys were so flabbergasted by how low energy they were, they usually never admit anything like that. But Monty Williams like, yeah, I was surprised. And and Chris Paul and Cam Johnson had no answers for why they didn't play with energy in game two. They got scared into playing with energy the rest of the series. They make some shots. This game isn't even, this series isn't even close. Yeah. Um. So my prediction is no more wins for the Pelicans. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say false on the Pelicans winning another game. Did
0: you guys, did, speaking of uh, energy, did you guys see the moment in last night's game where uh, I think about every assistant coach for the Suns jumped off the bench yelling at the team to get back on transition defense? And just, uh, I saw about three coaches jump up and all just start pointing down the court. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I forget yeah, I how many coaches we have, but like all the players, oh, they all started. sprinting right engaged. away. Yeah, They were all engaged, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because they were so flabbergasted. Monty said that's the worst transition defense he'd seen in three years. So I think I think they they're correcting themselves. And on
2: mm-hmm.
1: on Friday night, they still weren't playing well, but they played their ass off. And in the fourth quarter, they did out outwork the Pelicans. The Pelicans had outworked them the first three <clears throat> quarters, even just slightly, because they were playing hard. Uh, but the Suns finally um got one over on them. So I think that I think that's gonna turn out real well. Um the only thing the only thing that does worry me is Willie Green has not yet tried to trap Chris Paul at the half court. Right, So for some reason, Willie Green is letting Chris Paul have his way, especially in fourth quarters. Um, Without Devin Booker out there as an outlet, that is one little worry, one little wrinkle that Willie has not done yet. Trapping the ball out of Chris Paul's hands and making somebody else make a play. And I don't know who that somebody else is right now without Devin Booker out there. So that's a that's a. That's one wrinkle that I haven't seen yet um, that we might still see. But I still don't think the Pelicans win another game. I think that just makes it interesting. Um, yeah. I'm going to part with uh, one more because you, you made a um, Paul Westfall reference, Flex. Yeah. One final comment. Uh, connection, a son's connection I did not even realize was true until Monty brought it up the other day. Monty Williams used to play for, in college, um, one of the son, the greatest Suns coaches of all time. In John McLeod. Yeah. And Monty got the job here in Phoenix and he always loved John McLeod. And he got the job here in Phoenix just after John McLeod passed. And wow. he said, it was weird. It was fate. It was, uh, he had always wanted to come back to Phoenix and play with, you know, be, be around John McLeod again. Now he just thought it was, it was meant to be that he would take over the Suns after McLeod passed wow. when he came back three years ago. That's a hell of a connection. I didn't even know was there.
2: And and he used to go visit uh Paul Westfall. Yeah, when Westfall was yeah when Westfall was sick. So Monty's a great dude, Notre Dame guy, man. Um, yeah, Yeah. I mean Monty. This this whole thing turned around when Monty showed up in Phoenix, man. I still remember the press conference. So I'm glad we got that guy on our team, and that's another reason why I don't I don't feed into the adversity, man. Um, Monty Williams is is a leader of men, and these guys respond and they love him genuinely. So. Um, shout out to that, to that man and he should get coach of the year. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be hearing that, uh, next couple of days or so.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, okay. So that's the parting thought. Um, we're going to, we, we, we don't have enough time today to talk about scariest conference finals opponents. So we're going to do that next week. Um, so folks, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Flex, tell us where we can find you.
2: At flex from Jersey on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, coast to coast podcast, KSRN network, Ninety-eight point seven Arizona Sports with John Bloom after the games, and whenever the hell y'all want me. <laughs> All right, man. We're right here on the run. solar panel. PHNX too, man. Everybody, you know, we, I'm, I, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm an equal. I love you around here, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Jake, where can we find you?
0: Uh, you can find me in Phoenix on Tuesday night because uh, I'm coming Woo-hoo! in for uh, the game, and uh, so uh, folks, let me know in the chat too because I've been wondering should I go to the beach. Doesn't quite look as interesting as the game. So I think I'm going to go to the game, but I want to know if the beach is uh, you know, worth checking out at least. So I'll be in Phoenix uh, for the game on Tuesday night, uh, screaming my head off. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, otherwise on Twitter at Fallen Founder.
1: Right on. I'm Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find my work at brightsideofthesun.com if you'd like to read. And obviously, if you'd like to listen, we do not just these live YouTube shows, we also do a midweek podcast as well. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I had Mason Ginsburg on with the Pelicans to talk about his side of things Great after show. the Pelicans won game two. And he gave some really good insights. And we, and I think we both concluded that the Pelicans were, uh, were already at their apex for the series. And uh, um, even he's not expecting a whole lot to come going forward. So uh, thank you so much for paying attention here, being here today. If you're watching later on YouTube, thank you for coming in. And thank you, everybody, for being in the chat. To the, today, this morning, uh, we had a great chat this morning. I loved everybody in the chat here. So thank you so much. Y'all have a great Saturday, and we'll talk to you again after the Suns have closed out this year.